You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, covering down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Well, it is uh, it is the middle of, oh, Boomer, it's midweek, bro. It's midweek. Let's do it. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. <laughs> guess what day it is. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. <laughs> oh, my God. Congratulations. You have made it to the middle of the week. You are halfway to Friday and the weekend itself. And uh, so, yeah. I, why is that so funny to me every I, single time? Well, I mean, it's just, I, it's just classic. It just, it just, I just love it. <laughs> it just gets in your bones. It makes me happy. Uh, how you doing, bud? I'm, I'm good. It's, yeah? Yeah, I'm good. All right. I'm just good. Just good? Just good. I mean, it's rainy. Boomer, we got to get you drinking coffee. <laughs> got to get that. Got to get that coffee. Got to get that coffee going. <laughs> well, have you have you heard back yet about baseball tryouts? No. I, next week. Next week. You, I did find out. Day. I found out. I hear back next week. Okay. So, like, I don't have to go hurt anybody. Right. No, we're okay. good. We're All good. Right. No lawyer letters. Nothing. No lawyer letters. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a great show laid on for you. Stuff is like, I mean, like yesterday felt very cerebral. Like, like I had deep dives on some major issues, and and more the same today, I would say. But l- let me just start by saying this: at four o'clock today, you're going to want to stay tuned because our weekly event on Wednesdays at four, the Grand Council uh, with uh, Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. We call in three conservative talk show hosts, pinging each other with questions. We don't even know what they are in advance, and we just see how we do. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't, but we still love each other when it's done. So. So, uh, yeah, Grand Council, 4 o'clock today. Don't miss it. And then I got a Triple Dipper, bar none. Hit it, buddy. The Triple Dipper. Three stories you've got to know. That's right. Three stories you've got to know as we run today's show. The Triple Dipper. Number one, these are not serious people. That's the name of it. That's the name of that dipper. What happens when you look around at who has been tasked with making the laws and enforcing the regulations and you just realize these are not serious people. They they are they are so first world, they don't even know that what they call problems are really not problems in 98% of the world. These are not serious people. And there's a there's a number of them. We're gonna talk about them. They're they're in government right now. These are not serious people, number one on the triple dipper. Number two, newspeak. Okay, that's an actual term. Some of y'all who read George Orwell's 1984, you immediately went, what? Newspeak. Newspeak was the language that was allowed to be used, put forward by the central government to help control the narratives and to stop you from thinking too far ahead. Newspeak. Well, what are we seeing today? Well, guess what? There are some who say that what we're seeing is literally Orwell's book being fleshed out in modern newspeak. The changing of words, the telling you what language you're allowed to use or say, or for that matter, pronouns have to be changed, whatever. Newspeak, number two on the Triple Dipper. And then number three... Gun controllers. Gun controllers are everywhere. Horrible thing happened at uh, Michigan State University uh, with three students dead, five wounded. And then the first thing out the gate from the president, who we've not heard a thing about uh, him say a thing about the, uh, the, the spy balloons from China, immediately made a public call for gun control. 
But we're going to talk about that because guess what? The shooting at Michigan State, it defeated all of their narratives. I'll tell you about that when we get to number three, gun controllers on the Triple Dipper. But let me let me jump over to my comments now. And I got to tell you, this is really something, y'all. I mean, something remarkable is happening right now. And I don't say that lightly. I, I mean that with all sincerity. 53 years ago this month, something remarkable happened in February of 1970. An event occurred that rocked a campus, a whole community, and to this day has ripple effects that are still being talked about across the nation. Books were written about it. You can go online right now and type in the two words, Asbury Revival, Asbury Revival, and you'll get videos, news reports, book listings, articles, personal stories, photographs. But here's the thing. You'll get plenty from 1970, but it'll also be mixed in with stories that read almost identically from this very week because something remarkable happened on the campus of Asbury College in Kentucky in 1970, and that something remarkable is happening there again right now, 53 years later. So Asbury College is now known as Asbury University. It's a small, private Christian university with a long history and a beautiful stately campus. It's located in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury is a four-year institution. It was founded in 1890. It offers over 150 areas of study to its several thousand students to include master's level degrees. It's a quality campus offering a quality education. It is known for so much, but it's a legend, though, for what occurred in 1970 when staff and students went to a, just a regular weekly chapel on a regular Wednesday morning, and they didn't leave for 185 hours nonstop. For over seven days, students and faculty and townspeople and folks from out of state and all over the nation just began to flock to Asbury's Hughes Auditorium. Folks who were skeptical came to see, and they went away knowing they had been in the midst of something that was just not of this world. Lives changed. And every bit of it, by the way, was spontaneous. Word of mouth was big, but then newspapers began to report it. TV cameras set up on the site, and it spilled over. By the summer of 1970, 130 other campuses and scores of churches had folks had come to speak to them who were just ordinary people who had experienced the extraordinary events at Asbury, and it caught hold. In one church, as an example, Anderson, Indiana, they had several students come and tell their stories about what had happened at Asbury and it wound up creating spontaneous services that went for the next 50 days at that church. What's interesting is that what occurred in 1970, though, is ongoing right now, today, where students and faculty and travelers and folks driving in from far-flung locations are in the middle of another completely spontaneous seven-day nonstop time of prayer and worship, and no one saw it coming. But the college has seen fit to cancel classes, and if you go online right now, just type in Asbury Revival. If you go online right now, you can even watch some of the events that have spilled out into overflow rooms and the, I think a local gym and live TVs in the parking lot and other buildings. Thousands are once again experiencing what many are already calling the next great Asbury revival. And I watched a bit this morning myself, and it's epic. So many have said that the 1970 events are just one of several. That there are those who say, though, that what occurred at Asbury in 1970 also sparked a revival nationwide at that time that has had lasting effects in the co all corners of the globe. I mean, there's no way to put true empirical evidence at work here. This is a movement. A movement is documented by, the, documented by the anecdotal recounting of those who experienced it or those who experienced its aftermath. But I got to tell you, I'm for it. I believe we need it. We needed it then in the painful exit for the turbulent 60s, a time of social upheaval and war, and we need it now. I'm not going to jump into a recounting of all that's been happening in our nation lately, in our world, but suffice to say, 
We need what only an experience with the one true God can bring. I, I believe he's real. I can tell you of events in my life that would curl your hair, and the only explanation was his intervention. And we live in a time that is no less turbulent than the 60s were, even more so in my estimation. At every turn today, it feels as if evil is not just trying to creep in. It feels as if evil is actually scratching and clawing and devouring. But there's a God who will not be mocked. And he's a God that loves us in spite of ourselves. And he's a God that not only cares with the most tender of care, but he also gives us the ability to stand and when necessary to fight and to have the unexpected ability to operate not with fear, but with power and love and self-discipline. I'm sure that there will be some who try to explain away the events that are happening at Asbury as, you know, just having the potential for social impact that carries over. Mm. They'll try to say that it's an emotional event. Mm. There'll be those who chalk it up to just folks looking for hope in the midst of chaos. Mm. But you know what? I believe that all those things are true and they should be. Because we need something good and godly to have social impact that carries over. Something that's bigger than any one participant. Revival doesn't start out there. Revival starts right here in the lives of individuals and it galvanizes others. And in what we say and in what we do and in what our personal testimony is, it then reaches others and then others and then others. Revival is the ripples in a pond that start in one place and branch out. As for the deal about emotions, well, it needs to have emotion. We're not one-dimensional creatures. We are separated from all other creative beings in that we not only think and reason and live and breathe, but we actually feel. So yes, if the relief and the joy and the excitement and the shared sense of being in the midst of something important is not already there, then I would question it. And as for hope, well, the old saying is that hope's not a plan. That's true. But I believe that hope is the catalyst that launches the greatest of plans. Hope is what changes society. Hope is what gets you out of bed in the morning. Hope is what redeems lives, and hope is what brings about revival in a society that is already fractured and flailing. So what's happening right now in Hughes Auditorium on the campus of Asbury University is new, but it's not new. It's emotional, and yet it's also reasonable. It is without a doubt already causing ripples in our society. I mean, here I am talking about it from hundreds of miles away. And it's hope. It's real hope. It's the kind that only comes from finding solutions that are bigger than the problems of this world. And yes, in this world, we will have problems, but we are seeing those at Asbury and beyond realizing that he has overcome the world. So what's happening today, right now, as we speak at Asbury University is remarkable. And my sincere hope is that it breaks out, man, and runs a course through every corner of this great nation. That's my real hope because it is truly remarkable. And that's a wrap for the Right Side Way. Well, there you have it. I mean, I, just, I encourage you. I mean, hey, you know what? I'm saying leave the show right now if you want to. Go go check out Asbury Revival. Just, just Google those two words, A-S-B-U-R-Y, Asbury Revival. And you'll find 1970 and you'll find 2023. It is happening right now. They've been going for a week nonstop, thousands. People are coming from all corners of the nation to drive over there and to see it and be a part of it. I'm just telling you, it's legit. You know why? Because so is God. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right. Making it cool to be a conservative. Uh, Hey, the text lines are open, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Yeah, just text on in. You can also call that number if you want to. Uh, And and I'll just tell you, I've already gotten a few reactions from the, uh, I mean, Brian from Huntsville just said amen. And um, on that uh, monologue, Gina from Athens, uh, she texted in and says, God is so real. You can't see the wind, but you can see what it moves. You can't see God, but you can definitely see him move. I sure have, she said. And then she added, <laughs> I love this. I went to Just Love Coffee Cafe for lunch, and the club sandwich and chips were delicious. I have half lift for dinner. <laughs> awesome. Um, that's a double whammy. Uh, Allie from Athens just texted in. It says, absolutely spot on, sir. Balanced, cogent, fervent, reasonable, and a wrecking ball. So <laughs> thanks, Allie. Allie actually texted me yesterday. And said, hey, Asbury Revival, you know, and she kind of said some few things about it, but I, I hadn't clued in yet. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe later in the week. And then, bang, it just hit. Here, here's the other thing, Boomer, small world. Um, so Irene, who is basically the office manager for the uh, um, uh, the law firm, yeah, she went to Asbury. And she graduated there just a few years after that first revival. Really? She graduated there in the mid-70s. Yeah, it's about five, four or five years later. And, wow! Uh, and it was, she said it was still it was it was still talked about, um, yeah, a lot. But um, anyway, very very cool. Um, Jenny from Decatur just says glory to God, and then Badger from Athens says happy Hump Day, and uh, to you back to yes. you, Badger. Um, I got a I got another funny text a minute ago. Where did it go? Hang on a second. Was it was it Adam? No, it was uh, Brad from Limestone County. Okay, remember Boomer? We were talking yesterday about. What was the deal with the toilet paper shortage? Remember that? <laughs> I remember that, yeah. We were talking yesterday, what, well, what was the deal with the what, toilet paper? How the heck do we Come wind on. up having, like, no toilet paper? And um, <laughs> so he he texted just a minute ago. He says, catching up on yesterday's program, a serious take on the toilet paper shortage. He says, forget who I heard explain this. He says, the factory that produces residential toilet paper, e.g. Charmin, cannot switch on a dime to produce commercial-grade toilet paper, e.g. the Kimberly-Clark stuff you find in office buildings and fast food restaurants. He says, when the shutdown sent everybody home, suddenly the demand for residential TP soared while the demand for commercial TP was in the toilet. (laughs) In other words, he said, overnight folks stopped doing any of their business at the office and they had to do all their business, literally and figuratively, at home. Nevertheless, he said, supply of both could not just change overnight, hence a roll of white cloud was suddenly harder to come by than a white Camry. <laughs> Brad from Limestone County. Oh, that's just that's just funny. I don't care who you are. That's funny right there. Um, yep, you want to text in your thoughts on things as we go. And by the way, I, let me say this. So my monologue was on Asbury and, and the revival going on there. If you have been there, if you were there in 1970, or if you've been there recently, I'd love to hear from you. I'll stop whatever I'm doing in the show, with the exception of the Grand Council, because I'm going to have guests on the air with me. But I'll stop whatever I'm doing in the show to get that storyline from you. If you were there then or now, um, would love to get your perspective anytime throughout. Because this is just, this is just crazy cool. I mean, this is, this is happening right now as we speak. Can you imagine? You go to church and nobody wants to leave seven days later. You're still going. Um, so anyway, I mean, I've... I've seen some cool moments in my life where I could just tell you God showed up. There's no, ain't no way around it. Um, but what we're seeing there is 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 truly remarkable, truly. Um, so, yep, we'll take those calls. We'll take those all the way around. Uh, John from Huntsville just texted in and says, everybody needs to be watching this, the skies carefully tomorrow. Mm, mm, okay. Uh, there's that. 
Uh, in the meantime, we're going to jump over to number one of the Triple Dipper here as we get back from the break. So these are not serious people. I forget where I heard that. It may have been Tucker Carlson or somebody else was opining about something to do with something in government and something that had been said. And the comment was made, these are, these are just not serious people. And I thought, what a great phrase. Because, you know, the folks that you, 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 just, you just would love to believe that there's just a difference in, you know, belief. But then there's just like a difference in the ability to even take the job seriously. <laughs> I mean, I, I look at it, Boomer just threw his hands up in the air. I, I look at it and go, okay, I get it. You may be a Democrat, I may be a Republican. You may be a liberal and I may be, uh, you know, a conservative. But ideology aside, I still expect you to go do your job and to do it well. And, and that's important. Um, but no, some of them, it's not even serious at all. These are not serious people. I got a caller on the line, Boomer. I'll take it. Is that Allie? Allie from Athens. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing well, and your comments were spot on, sir. Well, thank you, you ma'am. You nailed it. And um, it, was, it wasn't at Asbury, but it was in that context that I became a Christian when Jesus people hit. And it, I, I tell you, it will go like wildfire. And that's exactly what happened. At my high school, one day kids were smoking dope up on the hill, and the next day they were passing out chick tracks. They were ignorance on fire. They were challenging our teachers, but there was such a strong move of the Holy Spirit that the administrators at the high school had to have, like, Christian bands come in because they didn't know what to do with what was going on. Wow. And so it's, yeah, it, it's pretty exciting. And the other thing I wanted to say very quickly is, the movie that is made by Alabama's own Irwin Brothers, who did I Can Only Imagine, yeah. Woodlawn, and, yeah. and others, comes out on the 24th. And um, I would like to strongly uh, encourage people to go see it. It's a documentary on what happened 50 years ago. Wow. has Kelsey Grammer playing the part of Pastor Chuck Smith. It, the, the trailers are looking beautiful. I'm going to write about it in my paper that I'm working on right now to get to the publisher. And so um, I'm really hoping that people will go see that because this is the real deal. No kidding. No kidding. All right, Allie, thanks so much. We appreciate you as always. And uh, thanks for the heads up yesterday, too. It clued me in. All right. Wow. That's cool. Kelsey Grammer starring in the movie. By the way, if you haven't seen the movie Woodlawn and some of the others, God, this just doesn't sound so well. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. These are not serious people. I'll tell you why. Stay tuned. Right Side Ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. We are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. 
I'm talking about this show covers some major ground across the northern half of the great state of Alabama, going way down down south of Birmingham, up north of Huntsville, Tuscaloosa, back on over to Gadsden, parts of Georgia, Tennessee, Mississippi, thrown in just for good measure. The Triple Dipper today has got some stuff in it. And the first one, these are not serious people. That's what I'm calling it. So I'm talking in general terms here. When I say these are not serious people, you, you look at it and go, wow, come on. Can we stop breaking glass ceilings for, the, for somebody and find somebody qualified for the actual stinking job? Is that so hard? Well, apparently it is. I mean, you, you, I, I, I get it if there's going to be a Democrat who appoints someone who has an ideology that's sort of a long time. But when you see people appointed who did not get appointed for any other purpose except to further an agenda that has nothing to do with what they were appointed to be there for, you look at it and go, God, you, were, you are not at all serious people. I mean, if you came into the office, well, who was it? Somebody texted a moment ago and I saw it. Paul from Athens says they don't want a job, they want a title. Perfect point. They came in for the purposes of getting a title that gave them a platform to do more than what the job was supposed to be for. And then they began to gerrymander with society. And they began to do things that create all kinds of effects. Now, the first one I've got, you may think, Phil, why are you talking about what happened at Shake Shack? That's a private entity. I thought we were talking about people in, oh, wait for it. Hang on. Here's the deal. National Review has an article. came out yesterday. Shake Shack. You ever been to a Shake Shack, Boomer? Oh, yeah. Oh, dang it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boomer's trying to talk to me with the mic off. Uh, oh, yeah. I love Shake Shack. I love some Shake Shack. Mm. I mean, I'll be honest. I've gone in there before and had to stand in line forever, but... The food was good. Yes. Just a burger and fries. How can a burger and fries be bad, but they make it really, really good? Really good. All right, so Shake Shack. National Review article. Shake Shack agrees to pay a misgendered employee $20,000 in a discrimination dispute. So the fast food chain Shake Shack on Monday agreed to pay $20,000 to a former employee who alleged that coworkers had engaged in harassment and discrimination on the basis of gender identity. Gender identity. Yeah, except that this was not gender identity like you're a woman, we can't let you work here, or you're a guy, we can't let you have any success in life. No, it was misgendering. It's a part of the settlement of a case in which a disgruntled staff member, it says, who identified as a man but was born a woman, claimed to experience misgendering in the workplace. Okay, so first of all, misgendering. If you are that, I mean, Boomer, you grew up in the athletic environment. Uh, yes. You know, I, I played sports. I was in the Army. How many times does somebody say something to you like, way to go, come on, get it together, Nancy? I mean, oh, or, or a coach will look at you and go, let's go, ladies. Um, I, more than I can count. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, if you're, that thin, if you're that thin-skinned, anyway, so apparently the dude, um, wait, I'm sorry, the chick who identifies as a dude, people are confused. When they see you looking like a woman, and they say, where is she? Don't you misgender me. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you were calling yourself a man today. Anyway, detailing accusations of discrimination, harassment, and retaliation based on gender identity and gender expression, the complaint against Shake Shack also says that they failed to take reasonable steps to correct the behavior of these horrible staff who are misgendering it. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> Management, oh, she's born a woman, that's right, she. Um, management allegedly urged the employee to explain their gender identity to the misunderstanding co-workers, ah, but the co-worker went ahead and just quit and filed a suit and got $20,000, so why not? Here's the thing, here's my point. 
It's state law in California. The whole misgendering thing, state law. Kevin Kish, the director of the California Civil Rights Department, told the publication that state law outlaws intentional misgendering in the workplace. Intentional misgendering and other forms of discrimination based on gender identity, and these, this, is not, this is not serious. I mean, when I, when, I, when I hear this, I recognize an agenda that goes beyond just trying to make sure there's a fair and even workplace. There's an agenda here. Misgendering? Really? That's what you sued for? That's why you quit your job? That's why you got so upset that you sued your employer? Misgendering. What are you thinking? Oh, I'm thinking a lot. <laughs> but uh, for me, it's like, okay, in California, is that why a lot of these companies are trying to leave? Because it's just ridiculous to stay there with all these new laws that are coming into effect because they can't do anything right now. They're just going to get start getting sued left and right because they can't determine what one person's thinking what they are. Uh, it's, it's exactly. So it's it's that and more. It's it's the level of taxation. It's the cost of goods and services out there. It's the cost of living. It's the um, uh, lack of uh, controls in some of the major urban centers on crime. Uh, it's the constant mollycoddling of the people in society who don't produce as opposed to those who do. Um, it's, it's a lot of things, but this is part of it. <sighs> Yeah. All right. These are not serious people. What's the next story I got in my, <laughs> my stack of stuff? Okay. Story yesterday, Fox News. You remember him? Sam Brenton. Yeah. Boober just got happy. I just, did. Just, so funny. the non-binary former Biden official Sam Brenton is to appear in court to face baggage theft charges. All right. Let's, that, that title didn't even do him justice. He was a just a absolute activist in his role. He was a senior Department of Energy official with a top secret clearance. His 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 role was allegedly um, to be in charge of nuclear waste disposal and to oversee major departments with multi million dollar budgets. And yet, aside from being the guy who gave um, uh, you know uh, speeches on fetish and kink and uh, lived a very dynamically alternative lifestyle and wore flaming red dresses to work with high heels and bald head and super <laughs> lipstick. I mean, like everything he did was, I'm an agenda. I'm an agenda. No, you're, you're, you're supposed to be the Department of Energy's uh, undersecretary for waste disposal for nuclear you know, waste. No, I'm an agenda because he's not a serious person. Well, in October of last year, he was charged with stealing a woman's luggage that was worth in excess of $2,300 near the baggage claim at Minneapolis-St. Paul. Really? Why would he do this? And was this a one-off? Nope, it was not. So he now faces up to five years in prison and $10,000 in fines. When the news broke, the, the uh, law enforcement in Las Vegas went, wait a minute, didn't we have a case like that? Who was that guy we couldn't identify? And they pulled up the video of a July 6th theft in the same year, Oh, that's the same guy. Another theft of a bag worth $3,670 at the airport in Las Vegas by Samuel Brenton, which contained jewelry worth $1,700, clothing worth $850, and makeup valued at $500 because he had a thing for other women's luggage. And he would scout them, and he would take them, and he had a top-secret clearance, but he was a glass ceiling breaker, and that's important to know. 
Well, he's not there anymore. The Department of Energy announced on December 12th that he had departed the agency. Oh, really? In the meantime, Republicans are asking Secretary Granholm, what exactly were your standards for finding these people and putting them in the positions of authority and clearance levels that, that these are not serious people? Not at all. And then you look at some who have been around for a long time, and you get to the kind of bless your heart stage. And Diane Feinstein, I mean, so I did not realize the extent of her, you know, liberal track record. First elected to the Senate over 30 years ago in 19, uh, 1992. Uh, she was mayor of San Francisco from 78 to 88. And she actually began as a member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors in 1969. What that means is she's been in public office um, for like 50 years plus. And she'll turn 90 this year, 90. She's the oldest member of the legislature, of the, of the U.S. Uh, Senate. And yesterday she announced through her office that she was not going to be seeking re-election. And then when she was asked about it by reporters later, she did not know that announcement had been made. These are not serious people. When this, is, when this is someone who holds major positions of authority over our lives and they don't know that they're not retiring or they are retiring or they're talking about retiring, they don't know because their office is doing things for them because they can't do it themselves, these are not serious people. So Senator Dianne, the Washington Examiner, Senator Dianne Feinstein denied that she had decided not to seek re-election in 2024. She said, I haven't made that decision. I haven't released anything. To which a staffer quickly leaned in and said, that they had released the statement. And her response was, you put out a statement? I, I, I should have known you put that out. I think she did. I think that she just did forgot or it escaped her or something. All said and done, these are not serious people. When you, when you, when you literally have to lean in and tell them you just did that a little while ago, that ain't good. As she goes to the next meeting where she makes big decisions about how you and I operate in the modern world, not serious people. Boomer, take me to a break, man. We'll go about a minute early. We'll come right back because I've got the next one. Did you know we had an LGBTQ trailblazer who was an undersecretary of the Air Force? Mm, did. She's retiring. Wow. Well, Pete Booty Judge. I've got a whole Bless Your Heart article on him. And then how about the lady who is going through her third confirmation hearing because she can't get confirmed and they keep sending her back yeah, Ted Cruz had some fun with that yesterday. We'll talk about all this and more. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right, saving the world one soundbite at a time. Uh, the text line's got several people chiming in. Brand new on the text line, Jeff from Green Hill. We're glad you're there, man. He says, he said, nice to be a right side ruffian instead of just a plain old ruffian. <laughs> we'll take you. Um, David from Huntsville texts in, says, Biden and Feinstein for 2024. Oh, my word. Um, 
yeah, just point them to the podium and see what happens. Uh, Jeremy from Huntsville, he says, uh, from a man who's been called ma'am hundreds of times, I'd like to say get over it. He says, yes, I'm a soprano. Yeah, so, <laughs> um, Jim from Madison, he says, uh, Phil, Asbury must not be a Baptist college. Otherwise, that service would have ended promptly at noon on Sunday because, you know, fried chicken and tater salad. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I, I spoke at a... Um, so I was actually ordained Southern Baptist, but I, I, I guess people have asked before, what, what about your background, Phil? Oh, I'm a full gospel Methabapterian, um, but uh, tongue in cheek there. But I was speaking at a Methodist church one day, and um, and I and I I looked down at my watch and I said, you know what it means when a Baptist pastor looks at his watch? The answer is not much. <laughs> and then I said, I've been asked to go ahead and just uh, have you guys tarry slightly here. We'll be taking about the next 45 minutes in order to let the Methodists or the uh, Baptists get to the uh, the buffet quicker. Um, all right, enough of that. I'm just I'm just chasing rabbits now. Uh, let's go back to the, the the topic at hand. These are not serious people. How about this? We have an undersecretary of the Air Force who just retired or resigned or something. She's stepping down. But the headline from Military.com, the headline, which, by the way, Military.com, if you're not familiar, is a site where you can go and read all the liberal views of what's happening in the military. So Air Force Undersecretary Jones, an LGBTQ trailblazer, is stepping down. Why is that? the? Because these are not serious people. That's why. They're, they're not concerned with what she did in office per se. They're worried about the agenda. They want to know, was the glass ceiling broken? That's That's... It's not enough that she helped run the Air Force. It's did she do enough for the LGBTQ community while she was there? Because you know she's an LGBTQ trailblazer. I can't even say it. Says so the Air Force's second highest ranking civilian, Undersecretary Gina Ortiz Jones, is stepping down from her role a year and a half into the position. Jones was appointed by President Joe Biden as the first openly gay lesbian woman to serve as the Undersecretary for any service branch. Why does that matter? We don't, we don't care rat squat about her sex life. We do not give a, a hind end about whether or not she is, you know, basically doing anything other than, oh, I don't know, being an undersecretary of the military. That's what we care about. And yet what we're looking at now is, is these are not serious people. They're not looking at trying to get the right person for the job. They're trying to get the right demographic for the job or the right glass ceiling breaker for the job. The article goes on to say, Jones is a member of the LGBTQ community. As undersecretary, Jones helped push a wide variety of reforms, helped at making life in uniform easier for women, minorities, and parents. This past August, Jones helped set new demographic goals in hopes of getting more diverse applicants for the services officer corps, which has historically leaned towards white males. Um, yeah. Under these new goals, the Air Force and Space Force now aim to have 36% of their officers to be women because it's not important that we find the best pilots, the best intel gatherers and analysts, the best um, uh, who are capable of, of guiding our satellite capabilities. No, that's not important. We want to know we have more women. We want to know we have more um, uh, fewer cis white males. We want to know that we have... Uh, enough people from the LGBT, because that's what they're worried about. They're not, these are not serious people. The whole headline has nothing to do with the Air Force. It has everything to do with an agenda. 
One line here in the end of the, towards the end of it says, we're in a race for talent, and our policies need to reflect that, Jones said in a press release regarding changes she made. We're in a race for talent? No, you're not. You're in a race for race. You're in a, you're in a race for demographics because you're not a serious person. And you, you can say what you want, but this article from military.com just put an entire asterisk next to her career. Why? Because she's not a serious person. If I were her, I would have been reaching out saying, change that headline. Would you please talk about what I did in my military career and not whether I'm an LGBTQ activist? But they're not serious people, so they don't care. I got a caller on the line, bud. I do. I just thought about that. Uh, is that line? Jeff from Indiana, what are you doing, man? I'm going through Falkville right now, trying to get back on the interstate. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, uh, just be careful doing it. What, what's up, man? What's on your mind? Hey, hey, uh, you know, uh, through the uh, Stolen Valor Act, I can't pretend to, you know, that I was in the service and, and you know, and go out and, and pretend I was in the military and stuff under penalty of law. True. Uh, so uh, I think you need to get together with your buddies down there in uh, Montgomery and say, hey, we need to come up with the the uh, gender uh, the uh, uh, the gender misgender act or whatever. I can't pretend to be a woman if I'm a man. So you want. You want not the stolen valor, but the uh, the, the, the yeah, stolen gender the act. Stolen, huh? stolen gender act. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> couldn't spit it out for nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you know, it, it's a whole lot easier for me to sit there and you know think that I was you know in the service, tell somebody I was in the service and everything. But if I'm a man, I I can sit there and tell somebody, well, I think I'm a woman and go in their bathroom. It, it, so it, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> well, when when you're not serious people. You know what? You know what's crazy though. I guess some of them they they, they will they will say you know, we are serious people. This is very serious business, but it's not what they're appointed for. Like the whole thing about the Secretary of the Air Force, the Under Secretary of the Air Force. Nothing in the article talked about her Air Force career. It talked about literally whether or not she was an LGBTQ uh, activist. Period. That's all I had. I mean, what what other mental illnesses do we uh, uh, you know coddle? Uh, schizophrenia. Uh, you know. Uh, all these other things and stuff. It seems like we coddle uh, somebody who's a mis- who has a gender mis. mis- I can't even. I can't think of words. <laughs> you need to stop <laughs> and get you a cup of coffee, field. bro. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, Jeff. But, uh, you know. Hey, we're hitting the break, man. Even- we're, 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 All right, we're, we're up against it, Jeff. Deal. All right, call back when your tongue's straightened out. <laughs> <laughs> that might be never. <laughs> uh, uh, he's right, though. I mean, like, he, he, where does it stop? So we get back to this break. We'll wrap this subject up in the next uh, the next segment here. But, um, I mean, I've got, like, one here, too, like Pete Buttigieg. I mean, you've got major transportation issues going on, like, that are shutting down whole systems. What's he been out there talking about? Not that. Or what about Ted Cruz? Having to say, why are we interviewing you for a third time for a job on the FCC? Why is AOC? Why is she mad about ads that ran that talked about Jesus? <laughs> because it apparently offends her. Or how about the fact that we've got, you know, literally soft on crime, prosecutors not prosecuting to the extent that even members of Congress are being assaulted in the elevators of their buildings. We'll talk about all that and more. These people are not serious. We'll be right back.
right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio. Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, we got the local, the state, the national, all the issues covering down, like the dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hour number two. Hour number two. Good gosh. Where, uh, who stole my hour number one? <laughs> hey, uh yeah. Before I go any further, I gotta I gotta make a I gotta make a shameless plug here for some in-house stuff. So first of all, uh, the uh, the podcasted version of the show is kicking. I mean, like like we're we're well over 117,000 downloads every single day. If you listen to the show, great. Let's do it online. We love our live audience. But then also just recognize if you miss a piece or you want to hear part again or you want to send somebody, you know, a, a segment or an interview or, a, you know, a monologue or whatever, you just go into the podcast format we've got. It's all posted. It's out there on every version of podcasting known to man. It's also linked onto our website, rightsideradio.org. And you go ahead and just grab hold of it. We would appreciate it, by the way, if you would, uh, you know, give it a thumbs up or some stars or whatever they have on your particular pl- uh, podcast platform. But yeah, we're like 117,000 downloads of that one. And then, oh, by the way, there's the another one. Oh, the other one. The, the, the that's, another one. My, that's my son, so he's little. The another one. I like that. The another one. The another one, which we like. <laughs> We like we like to say is now part of the right side multiverse. Multiverse, I like that. I do too. All right. <laughs> the right side multiverse now has its its newest uh, family in the podcasting format, and that's that's you and the McQueen. That is on the Right Life podcast. The we Right just, Life, yeah, just released uh, two new episodes today. Yep, 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 yep. They're up and going, and 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 it's already kind of getting some traction too, which is kind of cool. It is. It's awesome, and. Uh, yeah, we just love uh, chatting and just sharing our experiences. Well, and y'all are a hoot too, which which helps. She's a hoot. I just, I'm just there along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just go where you're told. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> no, yeah, y'all, y'all listen. Uh, just, 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 just know that this show has got any number of ways for you to uh, participate in it. And uh, and all you right side ruffians out there, if you hear something you like, send it to somebody. And then also just remember, you got the other option too, which is the Right Life podcast with Boomer and McQueen uh, and his lovely uh, bride, his better three quarters. Yes. Um, yep. 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 <laughs> and uh, I think I think the lovely Charlene and I are going to do a segment with y'all sometime soon. You are, and it'll yeah. be it'll be a release. We'll make sure that's out there too. Um, well, I'm I'm glad of it, and uh, I think it's very cool. All right. Uh, hey, listen, jump back into the topic at hand. These are not serious people. Um, then there's Pete Booty Judge. Hard to take the man serious. Is there ever been a less qualified individual for his role? Well, maybe I read some about him a minute ago. <laughs> I think Samuel Brenton would certainly qualify. But Pete Booty Judge is a cabinet level secretary, he is the DOT secretary for all transportation issues. In the entire United States, which certainly has an impact on the world, and that's him. 
And, you know, and I, I even read an article the other day that said that, you know, it used to be that the transportation secretary was kind of that, that honorary place where you put somebody, but you just really have a big place for them. And they didn't get much attention, and they kind of went to the house when it was all over with or used it for a springboard to go somewhere else. And then there's Pete Buttigieg, who obviously is an agenda. Every single day we are told, uh, what do we got here? It's important that we follow green energy policies and we have charging stations everywhere. It's important that we recognize that there are racist roads in the United States and we need to dismantle existing infrastructure because it was built with racism in mind. Mm. Or for that matter, the one he said just two days ago, there's too many white men in the construction industry. What? I, so first of all, no, there's, there's not. There are people that do construction. And, and I, I've, seen, I've seen like literally entire crews that were, you know, demographically, you know, mixed. And then I've seen whole crews working on houses that were, you know, all Hispanic or all white or, you know, just a mixture of everything in the world. It depends on where you live. Do you have to import people now to, uh, to make sure that you've got the right number of folks who are of a certain demographic that are helping build your house? I mean, anyway, up on the screen a moment ago, literally while I was waiting to come back from this break, CNN, CNN was talking about the fact that the, remember the when the airline shut down not long ago? That's a Department of Transportation issue because there was an FAA-based system that provides notifications to pilots that went out because it's apparently an archaic system filled with bugs. That falls under his purview. Is it possible it was declining over time and it preexisted his? Yes. But what did he talk about in the meantime? Hmm, racist roads and... White men in construction. How about the situation with the derailing of the train in Ohio? That's big doings for the sound of Ohio. Guess what? It involves broader issues in the transportation arena. What's he talking about? Racist roads, white men in construction. It goes on and on from there, but the story I had from Breitbart, no sense even reading it now because I pretty much covered everything I was going to read out of the story. But, the, yeah, the, the whole thing about Pete, he's a bless-your-heart appointment. That, that's what he is. He's a bless-your-heart appointment. How about this one? Let's go on down to the FCC, the Federal Communications Commission. That, by the way, is the organization that supervises things like, oh, I don't know, right-side radio. But we're looking at the fact that we've got a woman named Gigi Sohn, and Gigi is now up for her third confirmation hearing. Pray tell, why is it necessary to keep bringing her back for a third time? Because she's got issues. and Because she is an activist. And because she is the last person who needs to have this job. Ted Cruz pointed out that she was first nominated 15 months ago. And she's made dozens of donations, charitable, I mean, uh, to uh, political, Phil, speak, use your words. She's made dozens of donations to the campaigns of Democrat senators since that time who would be deciding her fate. She says, well, they were small. Okay. Ted Cruz says, I've been in the Senate for 10 years. I've never seen a nominee make contributions to senators while their nomination is pending. I have never seen that once, he said. I had my staff search the records, and if we could find anyone in the Trump administration who'd done that, my staff was unable to find that. He asked, do you think it was poor judgment on your part? Her response is, no. I'm just a citizen who wants to participate in the Democrat. You're a citizen who has something to gain from the process, and you're trying to purchase influence. He also pointed out, by the way, that here she is trying to be, uh, you know, a member of the FCC. 
And yet she has been openly supportive of a left-wing group called Fight for the Future, which has been out there accusing senators of corruption based on the donations they've received while she gives donations to those who are considering her confirmation. And then on top of all that, she was the member of a board of an organization called Locast, which was sued by multiple television networks. And then once she got nominated for a position on the FCC, all of a sudden they settled with her for far, far, far less than they had been pushing for. Interesting. Interesting indeed. These people are not serious. They need agendas. They need somebody to get out there and say, here am I, I have an activist mentality, and I intend to use my position, which is totally unrelated. To get, Oh, you want me to run the Air Force? Um, huh. Oh, you want me to uh, pass laws that benefit society? Oh, mm, huh. How about the New York Post story from two days ago? I, 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 by the way, I, I, JT from Lacey Springs just texted in. He, he said, this serious people topic is making my check engine light come on. <laughs> I get it. I get it. AOC blasts the Jesus Gets Us Super Bowl ads, says they endorse fascism. You seen those, Boomer? Did you see them during the Super Bowl, the Jesus Gets Us ads? Yes. Yeah. And, and, and I look at them and go, hmm, who are these people? What are they doing? You know, is it real? Do they, are they actually honoring our Lord, or is it have an agenda? Right. But I didn't see anything that really made me want to scream or anything. No, it was just a, huh, I wonder yeah. who put these out. Yeah, exactly. That's all. Well, uh, not to Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Mm. So Sandy Cortez, the former barista now in Congress, um, she says, something tells me Jesus would not spend millions of dollars on Super Bowl ads to make fascism look benign. Where does she find fascism? Pray tell, how could that possibly be a thing? Because all the ads did was show things like, you know, urging viewers to be more childlike and featuring the kinds of pictures of kids, you know, uh, of different races hugging each other. And, and then the other one was people who were violently confronting each other, but then saying, Jesus loves the people that we hate. He gets us. Okay, all that's true, actually. But she says it's about fascism. Why would that be? Oh, maybe because David Green, the co-founder of Hobby Lobby, which also successfully argued before the Supreme Court that it had the right to deny contraceptive coverage on, on religious grounds, is a part of the background of this. So it's fascism. Because Sandy Cortez is not there to be a congresswoman. She's an activist. She's not a serious person. And then lastly, I'll tell you somebody who got serious just very recently. And I'm glad she's all right. I really am. I mean, I say that with all sincerity. Democrat Representative Angie Craig. She's a member of Congress. Story came out yesterday in town hall. She spoke out as a Democrat against Washington, D.C.'s soft-on-crime policies after just this week, she was attacked by somebody in the elevator of her apartment building. And she's demanding that something be done about crime. So she's now serious. Her party, by the way, her party is the one causing this. Members of the Democrat Party are the ones who are making the soft on crime policies and electing the DAs who are not charging people or, for that matter, not prosecuting people. And she says, I got attacked by someone who the District of Columbia has not prosecuted fully over the course of almost a decade, I was the 13th of his assaults, 13 times. The guy just keeps going in, coming back out, going in, coming back out, having his charges reduced by a soft-on-crime DAs in the Democrat Party because they're not serious about their job. They're not serious people. They're there to make an agenda come true. But Democrat Rep Angie Craig came out with some bruises 
But she threw her coffee in his, her face, in his face and got away. And she's saying now, somebody's got to do something because now she's serious because it happened to her. All right, well, I'll tell you what, that's it for that part of the dipper. These people are not serious. These are not serious people. I'm just saying. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come right back. Jump into number two of the Triple Dipper. Take your calls if you want to call, 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. Bill Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Boomer tells me, we're back on. I'm trying to spit candy out in the, uh, in the trash can. Uh, you can't go on the air with a, with a, a lifesaver in your mouth, schlocking around. It, it, it's never good. Just not. <laughs> never never is good. No, no. I, I, don't, I don't know about you. I, I, don't, I don't know that I have a lot of what I would call pet peeves, but listening to someone who can't control their, their, their noises while they're chewing drives me up the wall. So the last thing I need to do is be on the air schlocking a, 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 a lifesaver around in the microphone. <laughs> uh, um, hey, uh, let me ask you this, Boomer. So we're going to go into this next section here in the Triple Dipper Newspeak. Um, you, you've, worked in, you, you've worked in a variety of different things, uh, the music industry or, or in sports or whatever else. Uh, I guarantee you there was lingo. Like there were, there were ways of talking that were different than anywhere else because it was just like the environment. Oh, absolutely! Like, like, get an example. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, some people will know some of these things, but like, even in the music industry, EP means you know a very small album. Okay. You know that people are releasing um, a one sheet. You know what a one sheet is? No. A one sheet's basically like your day, your day sheet. So everybody gets a one sheet in the morning from the tour manager saying exactly what's going to happen exactly on that day at what time. Okay. So it's just just a schedule. So <laughs> me, me talking to you, if you said, I, I, I got to check the one sheet, I had no idea what you were saying. Right. I, hey, let me go check the one sheet. Where's the one sheet? You or know? Like, like me as a paratrooper or a, or a jump master, for that matter, if I came to you and said, TOT's at 1900, we got Daco Brief and JMPI prior to that, you wouldn't know what I'm talking about. Would no, you? I just I just go and find my parachute. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I get it. And by the way, where you are sometimes controls the way you talk or it may have its own lingo or there's ways of doing things that are different. But what about just the English language in general? I mean, so, so here's the thing. We're going to talk about Newspeak here in a minute. Um, and and I, I still remember, you know, like, like, like this, this is so funny to me. My grandfather, who's passed away now, but my grandfather telling me years and years ago, um, like I was a kid, and I thought it was fascinating. He said that when he was a kid, he and his best friends – came up with their own speaking code. It's a little like the phonetic alphabet, but they got so good at it, they could just rattle stuff off and nobody knew what they were saying. So, and I, and I remember bits and pieces of it. Like, um, like I said, it was a little bit like the phonetic alphabet. They gave, they gave like, like, so my name is Philip with two L's because that's the right way to spell Philip. But uh, I'm, a, I'm a two L Philip. But so, 
<laughs> so my name, the, the P is, a, is, is pup, and then H is hash. Vowels were always said their correct way, so I. And if you had anything that was a double letter, you had to say squaw in front of it and then pronounce it the other way. And then, so my name was Pup Hash High School All I Pup. And I, I still remember that to this day. <laughs> and I think my brother's, whose name was Chris, I think my brother's name was Cuhash uh, Re I or something like that. I forget what. But anyway, Granddaddy and his friends had this own way, their own way of talking. And nobody knew what they were saying. And wow. Was, yeah. So Pup Hash High School All I Pup is me. Um, why do I, I remember like that? It. I don't know. But, but here's the thing. I, I say that just for, just for fun, just for grins. What about, though, when the language is not just code, it's not just jargon, it's not just, you know, a little bit of a sort of an attribution to where you work or what you do for a living? No. What if, what if, it's, what if it's like literally the government saying, uh, we're going to change the way you talk? You're not allowed now to say these things. And the media will assist them in that by making sure that you know that there are certain ways we don't talk around here anymore, and you're not allowed to do that. And I'm not even, I'm not even talking about things that are considered socially acceptable, like you know, profanity. Is, um, it's, 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 it doesn't have a place in, in most sources of, uh, of, of open culture. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the average everyday, and the classic example right now is gender identity. Don't misgender me. What does that even mean to misgender you? What don't don't you don't you dare use my dead name? What the frick's a dead name? Or or for that matter, you got to call me they. No, you're not a they. They's a plural. You're a, you're a singular. I can call you it, but I can't call you they. Um but what happens when you've got newspeak and newspeak, by the way, is a term. If you read George Orwell's book, 1984, newspeak, it was actually a thing in the book. It was Big Brother designing the new way of talking because that's what kept you in line. That's what made you talk the way you were supposed to talk so that you wouldn't think the way that you wanted to think. You would think the way they wanted you to think because you used newspeak. So those of us that know that men are men and women are women, and you're born with a biological sex, not assigned a biological sex, we refuse to use your pronouns because we recognize you can't just grab the English language and make it what you want, but those who are into newspeak, they do. And it, it goes so much deeper. How about birthing people? How about looking at all the different ways by which they co-opt the English language, move it in their agenda direction, in such a way as to make sure that the way that you think is the way they want you to think, because now you're using their version of newspeak. Folks, I'm going to tell you, it, it's not supposed to work that way at all. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Boomer right now going, are we going to a break? <laughs> um, we'll, uh, we'll listen. We got plenty more of that. I got a whole section on Newspeak. I got articles on it. I got, in fact, it's funny because they're even using the phrase Newspeak in relation to what the modern media is doing. When we get back, I'll lay it on thick for you. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right, making it cool to be a conservative. I'm talking about we cover some ground across the northern half of this great state, and by the way, we have listeners in all corners, and uh, and I appreciate it. Our text lines are blowing up right now. Uh, the number here is 833-687-4448. That's 833-68-RIGHT. And, uh, and yeah, text on in if you want to, like a bunch of other people are already doing. Um, and, and then at the same time, just keep in mind, at the top of the hour, you're going to want to stay tuned because we're going to go to Grand Council with Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. Uh, let me go to the text line real quick before I jump in. Brad from Limestone County, he says, my favorite newspeak term to hate on, gender-affirming care. Yes, thank you. He says, newsflash, if it's actually gender-affirming, it doesn't require hormones or life-altering surgeries. Um, and then uh, that's this anyway. And then he says, double plus bad times, my friend, double plus bad. That's I, I agree, man. I'd, and the other one is um, that abortion is reproductive care. No, it's not. It's anti-reproductive care. If you get down to it, you're determined to not reproduce. So why are you calling it reproductive health care? Because it's absolutely not that. So gender-affirming care, reproductive health care, yes, those are two abused terms that actually mean the opposite of what they say. Um, we got, uh, oh, gosh, I'm trying to go down my uh, reader from Scottsboro. Um, where <laughs> I'm not sure which one she's referring to, but I think she's talking about Newspeak. So thanks for explaining what that means. Um, Scott from Somerville, I had a English teacher that hated when someone referenced sex with the word gender. She said, nouns have gender, people have sex. Okay, there's an English teacher that probably lost her job back then. <laughs> but um, we got uh, we have a, a, a great uh, new texture on the line um, that, that sent us a pic. By the way, that's cool. Boomer, you pointed it out to me during the break. We have a new listener. We need a name and where you're from, please. Send us a screenshot off of their own phone of um, the book by Max Licato called He Gets Us, you know, with regards to the Jesus commercials. He gets us. And down at the bottom, you realize she also has a little screenshot there. She's watching our live stream at the same time, boom. It's, um, that was very cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, let us know who you are or where you're from so we can get you plugged into the system. Um, hey, Paul from Athens says he's going to try to find it. Yes, that, that is true, Paul. You, you find that article for me, man. If, if I can find it during a break, I will too. There is talk about the idea, uh, I think it was the Church of England that said, um, that, or the Anglican Church, I forget, but anyway, that they, that they believe that it's necessary to be more inclusive, and so the Lord's Prayer will stop saying, Our Father. And that, that's a problem. Um, other stuff I've got here, so Newspeak. If you, if you read the 1949 uh, uh, dystopian novel, uh, 80, 1984, by George Orwell, um, there was a whole section in there about what the central government, run by Big Brother, what it did in terms of grabbing hold of the language. So it's a totalitarian superstate, right? And Newspeak was the, what they called the controlled language of simplified grammar and restricted vocabulary designed to, here's the deal, limit the individual's ability to think and articulate subversive comments like personal identity, self-expression, and free will. Those were considered thought crimes. 
and they created nice-sounding, easily pronounceable words that were designed to mask their ideological content. How much does that sound like things we're seeing today? Like a moment ago, gender-affirming care. No, it's not. That sounds sweet. It's not sweet at all. That's surgical correction of kids. What about reproductive health care? That's not that. That's, that's killing babies in the womb. Well, so I got a piece here from the Wall Street Journal, July of 2020, that talks about the fact that the news media has now become fluent in what it calls newspeak. And it says, George Orwell's genius lay in his insight that a manipulation of language was essential to the revolutionary projects. If you can command popular compliance or even, you know, just create things that are widely understood by using certain terms, you can remake society as much as you can with any law, mandate, or act of force. It says the use of language becomes a tool for placing limits on thought. So if you constantly hammer gender-affirming care, then people begin to forget what it really is. It's just, it's, it's, it's affirming. I'm, 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 I'm affirming. So I, that, that, that person needs to be affirmed. I, it's gender affirming care. Not really. Not really. Did you find that article, Boomer? Yeah. What, what's, what's the deal? <laughs> it is, um, it was a Fox article. It was on, um, February 7th and it says, uh, uh, you know, they were referring to God and, and, to possibly drop the phrase "Our Father" from the start of the Lord's Prayer. What's the headline read? The Church of England. Church of England to consider gender neutral God. A reports. gender neutral God. I got news. He's not gender neutral. Nope. He's God, and you you, you play with that at your risk. Um, but that's that's where we are. Newspeak. Mm. Newspeak. We need it needs to be more inclusive. You know, we need to be more inclusive. I got news. God is love. He loves us no matter what. He made you. He doesn't have to have his name changed so you can feel better. This article I've got in my hands right now goes on to talk about the fact that sometimes words become violence. Like, for instance, it's considered violence if you misgender someone. Or if you smash a statue or assault a police officer, that's not violence. That's just someone who's having a largely peaceful anti-racism protest. I'm reading from the article, but there you have it. There was a BBC tweet that said... 27 police officers injured during largely peaceful anti-racism process. They can't be largely peaceful if 27 police officers were injured. When you get into newspeak, you're trying to guide thought. You're trying to make sure... When you have to change the English language to fit your narrative, then the narrative has become more important than the proper discussion of the issue at hand. Red State has an article. This was going to make you mad. Prepare yourselves. Brace. Brace for impact. Redstate.com. I need to start saying that. Every time I have a crazy article, I need to say, brace for impact. All right. I, I, I take it back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yell ramming speed from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to brace for impact. Ramming speed. All right. Redstate.com. The endless assault on language. It says there's some days when you wake up and you think, okay, we reached peak idiocy. But this endless assault on language and the nation's obsession over gender identity has now plummeted to a low point, and people will soon come to their senses. And if people don't soon come to their senses, we, we won't stop the insanity. This story is dated, by the way, today. Today, this is a group of U.S. and Canadian researchers, researchers in quotations, from the Ecology and Evolutionary Biology Language Project. Pray tell, what is that? 
has decided that the words male and female should be referred to instead as sperm producing and egg producing. God mighty. I don't think I'm going to say that. I don't think I'm going to say, uh, I'd like to introduce you to my uh, egg producing wife. I, I'm not going to do that. And, oh, by the way, you should be labeled uh, parent, egg donor, and sperm donor in the scientific field. Mm, wow. I thought one of the main points of progressivism, it says in the article, was to uplift women and ensure their equality. But now these brilliant intellectuals want to refer to them merely as egg donors. Is this progress? This is what it really sounds like is a bunch of elitist woke professors decided over Starbucks oat milk lattes that they wanted to degrade our language even more and started what can only be described as the exact opposite of a grassroots effort. It says, you know, ignore the dangers of a possible war with Russia or China. Forget the crushing inflation we've been enduring. Move on from the devastation wrought on our children by the country's peripatetic COVID response. No, here's the real critical alert. We need to be more inclusive in our ecology and evolutionary biology language. I'm just telling you, folks, this new speak thing, it's real. They are after the English language. Why? Because when you can co-opt the way we speak, you can grab the narrative. George Orwell knew it in 1949 or whatever it was he wrote that book. He knew it. In fact, he had a whole section in the back that was like a glossary of terms. I've got, where is it? Right here in the drawer. I've got it somewhere. Hang on a second. Let me pull that out. The glossary. I've got the glossary, the woke glossary, the words you're allowed to say and not allowed to say. I'm going to find that during the break. Ah, ha-ha. As I rattle my way through the right side studio drawers and come back to the microphone, yes, I do. I have my equity, diversity, and inclusion glossary of terms and my separate list of woke speaks. I've got them right here in my hands. I'll find you some new words, things like, mm, I don't know, adultism, or how about um, Eurocentric, or that's not too bad. How about, let's find another one. Pick a letter, Boomer. Pick me a letter. A letter in the alphabet. Uh, T. T. Let me go back to T. You would pick one in the back. Hang on a second. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> T. Let's find a word in T. How about tokenism? Ooh. Do you know that tokenism is a word that means hiring or seeking to have representation such as a few women and or racial or ethnic minorities? So basically, Boomer, you're my, you're my token cis white male here in the studio, just so you know. <laughs> the tokenism. Token, tokenism. Tokenism on my part. Um, how about um, two-spirit? Tooth? Like no, not tooth spirit. Oh, tooth spirit. <laughs> like tooth spirit. Yes, tooth tooth spirit is the the gender you identify as a tooth. <laughs> tooth spirit. The tooth fairy. This is That's getting is. crazy. Tooth spirit is an umbrella term for a wide range of non-binary, culturally recognized gender identities and expressions among indigenous people. The frick does that even mean? What? So this is where basically you're a, you're a you're a you're you're a gay Native American at that point. Why don't they just say that? Just say that. How about, uh, let's pick another letter towards the back of the alpha. What about... Um, w? W. W. Well, of course, there's always white fragility. That's in there. Oh. Uh, what about uh, white supremacy? That's certainly in there. I can look back at the... Anyway, the whole thing is this. Woke language is changing the meaning of words and in creating new words and reassigning words simply because there's an agenda. I've got an article for the Daily Signal, two of them actually, uh, when I get back from this break. Woke language is changing the meaning of words. And then another one that says how Google, Google, the Oracle, Google, is attempting to new speak the whole English language. Y'all stay tuned. We got more. We'll be right back.
And we are back. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. Coming up after the top of the hour break, you're going to want to stay tuned because we'll do our weekly grand council with Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. They uh, join me every uh, Wednesday at 4 p.m., and this will be no exception. Uh, here on Camel Day, we will jump into the Grand Council at the 4.06 time frame. A uh, bunch of texts came in. Um, so I, 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 I got Allison from Madison just texted in. What did she say? Good grief, we need to start doing some random drug, drug screens on these political numbnuts. <laughs> it says, I almost hope they're on something. At least that would be something, uh, she says. And then uh, Mike from Huntsville. Uh, brand new on the text line. We're glad you're there, Mike. Thanks for listening. Uh, Brenda from Rogersville just says, I'm just too old for this crap. <laughs> no, you're not, Brenda. Hang in there. Fight back. You're never too old to fight back against wokeism. Uh, Joe from Owens Crossroads, with regards to the article about being, you know, men and women, you're not men and women, you're egg donors and sperm donors, says, Phil, where were you yesterday with this article? I mean, it's Valentine's Day, wake up for the wife. Good morning, egg donor. Here's some coffee. <laughs> Uh, Andy from Arab says that kind of misspeak reminds me of the term mostly peaceful arsonists. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Glenn from Bluntsville just says, I don't think I want to play their language game. I agree. Let's not. So here's two, two articles in a row from, um, 2021 from the daily signal daily signal being the, uh, the publication arm of the heritage foundation. First one written by John Stossel says, woke language is changing the meaning of words. Yes, yes it is. says, at a congressional hearing on birthing while black, nearly every politician used the words birthing people instead of women or mothers. Asked why, Shalanda Young, President Joe Biden's budget director, said because our language needs to be more inclusive. It's never been exclusive to call someone a man or a woman, but now apparently it is. Activists have also changed equality to equity and affirmative action to diversity. The Associated Press no longer uses the word mistress. You have to call it companion, friend, or lover. Transgender woman is, uh, if you call a transgender woman a man, is an act of violence. Um, and, and then you got one statement here. It says, a big problem with the social justice movement is the idea that people's mindset is controlled by their skin color. And, and that's true. You got things like Latinx. Nobody asked for Latinx. In fact, it points out that the Latino community that asked for the words Latino and Latina back in the day, um, they're not the ones who did this. It was a largely white middle-class movement of social justice activists that came up with Latinx. But that being said, here's the, the next article. And I thought it was so well done. I saved this one for last. Daily Signal put out one in June of 2021. says how Google is attempting to newspeak the English language. So yeah, what happens when Google just, just basically won't let you go to certain words, or for that matter, steers you to certain words? Or if you search something, you can't find it because it's been suppressed. Or if you search something, it gives you the alternatives. Or for that matter, it just corrects you. I mean, how many times have you typed something into your phone and your autocorrect changes the word to something else? Well, we're seeing now that you're, you're getting references on Google to help you understand Newspeak and like the use of proper terms. It says, in a social engineering move that seems straight out of the pages of George Orwell, Google recently introduced an update to its Google Docs platform that encourages users to be more inclusive in the use of the language. 
Making language more inclusive entails replacing words and phrases that offend only the most ardent social justice warriors with, you know, benign and kind of neutral language. We don't want to offend anybody in our own word searches. It says, while authoritarian attempts to control language are nothing new, the zeal and the reach of the modern left should alarm lovers of free speech. It should be a visceral aversion to politically incorrect language, which used to be on radical college campuses, has now broken loose and begun its long march to cultural dominance. And I agree. If you look at it, everywhere we turn now, we're being told that's how you speak. Well, folks, that's new speak. I ain't doing it. I'm not. I'm not going to get into your gender pronouns. I'm not going to start calling them birthing people. I'm certainly not going to call them egg donors and sperm donors. And I'm, and I'm not going to go down the road of trying to pretend that something has been culturally appropriated or that it's okay to call somebody a two-spirit. I, no. How about just not? Now, language can change over time. Cultural changes happen just, you know, like, for instance, the word gay never meant homosexual. Back in the time, if you look it up, it meant happy or extremely happy. The rainbow was a symbol that meant God's promise has now become the symbol of the gay pride, you know, community. Um, I understand that certain things begin to morph over time. But when you're told how to speak, it's different. That's what new speak is. New speak is when you are told this is the way we will talk from now on. Well, that's not the English language, dude. Like, for instance, how do you deal with it when you go to court, like in this case, lawyers that were representing three female runners in that uh, Connecticut lawsuit about transgender athletes competing against women were told by the judge they had to use the phrase transgender female. It sort of implies that you're um, on your heels from the moment the case started because that's what they're in court about, is whether someone can be considered a transgender female and compete with biological females, and the judge is making them use certain pronouns and terms. Well, I'll end with this. Newspeak. Way back in the day, that book was written in 1949. And then you had Saul Alinsky, who wrote the book Rules for Radicals, the book that Obama loves, that Hillary Clinton loves. I feel certain that Biden may have read it or at least saw the cliff notes at some point. But Saul Alinsky, he said this, quote, he who controls the language controls the masses. Folks, if you want to see the control of the masses, then look for the way they steer your language. When the new speak tells you it's gender affirming care, and you know it's not, don't call it that. When they tell you it's reproductive health care, and you know it's not, don't call it that. When you're told that that person wants to be called a they, and you know they're not a they because that's not the way the English language works, then just don't. When they, when they tell you that certain things are considered nonviolent or certain things are violent, and you know they're not, don't buy it. Newspeak. That's how you control people, is by controlling the language. Wow. All right, there it is. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We're coming right back with the Grand Council, Jeff Poor and Dale Jackson. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
you right side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. You're listening live to Right Side Radio with Phil Williams. It's hard to go wrong when you're on the right side. Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Alabama's syndicated news talk leader, Right Side Radio, Phil Williams here live in the Right Side Studios. Man, the local, the state, the national, sometimes the international. We cover down on all the issues. And like that dude just said, solid, conservative, and just plain right. All right, well, it's that time. It's that time of the week. Every week at 4 o'clock, we do this thing. We call it the Grand Council. So I get together with two of my brethren in conservative talk radio who've been doing it longer than I have, and we, we, we opine. We ask each other questions, and we see how we do. We don't know the questions in advance. We don't even always agree on the answers. But generally speaking, we love each other when it's done. So that being said, I shall now call the roll uh, from FM Talk 1065, host of the Jeff Poor Show, and the executive editor for 1819 News. Jeff Poor, are you with us? I am present. You are indeed. Thank you, my brother. And then uh, from uh, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, host of the Dale Jackson Show and writing for Yellowhammer News as well. Dale Jackson, is you or is you not here? All right, stand at ease. Here we go. I pronounce a quorum. Boomer, hit it. Assemble the Grand Council. Ta-da. Ta-da, ta-da. All right, all right. We're off and running. Dale Jackson, you go first. All right, uh, my question is about Mac McCutcheon. Uh, I've seen some reporting there at 1819 News and, and elsewhere uh, about what's going on. Uh, maybe he and his son had a, a business, and maybe he stepped in and did some stuff inappropriately in the legislature. Now he is a chairman of the Madison County Commission. Um, what do you think the fault of this is? He was sworn in today. It doesn't really seem like there is any. Will there be? Uh, Jeff, your story, you first. I, I got to think there is. I mean, they the, the seem to be very dismissive of it, even when we try to get in touch with uh, uh, Mac McCutcheon. Uh, I, I, I'm surprised. Here's what, what boggles me is no one else has really decided to look at this story. No AL.com, no Montgomery Advertiser, none of the, those outlets. But uh, my understanding, kind of talking behind the scenes, it, it has raised some eyebrows. So I just the way these things work, guys, is uh, y'all know as well as I do, it just takes a little time. So um, I would be, I'm, I am um, patient. Well, and so uh, Dale, your question, you talking about, is it troublesome for Mac himself or for other people that may be surrounding the issue? Uh, both. I mean, is is there some fallout here that could go? Uh, through this, uh, is, is there a violation of the law here? I mean, it's not really a- a- alleged directly, but boy, there's a lot of smoke there, right? Well, and and there is a lot of smoke, and um, and and that's that's an interesting dynamic. I think so far what I've read, uh, because I'm 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 catching it uh, secondhand, like you are uh, through 1819's reporting, uh, is that uh, right now the stuff with Chris McCutcheon, uh, his son, feels worse. Now the the possibility exists that. He may have helped grease the skids in government. That's what's being reported. Um, I can tell you that the, uh, the, 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 the resolution they say he passed in favor of the company's efforts that he was working for 
is kind of benign unless that company truly benefited from it. And that's going to be a different story. So I, I don't know, man, I'm watching like you are, um, you know, having been the, uh, the victim of bad reporting, I can tell you, I get, I get antsy when I see somebody being accused in the public arena for things that may or may not exist, but this one's got legs. It feels like to me. Um, well, well, let me just add a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, there's a statute of limitations question here. Uh, uh, number one, this did happen a while back to when he was rules committee chairman, long before he was speaker. And, uh, I mean, everything is kind of documented. So it's, it's right there in black and white. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're hand delivering the story out there. So I, I don't know what the apprehension is. Well, uh, apprehension for what you mean? Like, like, should we worry about this being a criminal thing? You mean? No, no, I meant just like what's going on here. If this is, um, you know, the, uh, how seriously should we take it? And I'm not talking about anybody in particular, but uh, the the lack of like the lack of uh, notice. This has gotten beyond just uh, people wanting to talk about it behind the scenes of my text messages. I, I, I it's curious to me. Here's here's the other thing though, uh, Jeff, and I'm not sure if I'm relating exactly what you just said, but um, you know, statute of limitations can run. Criminal statute of limitations certainly can can run. Uh, and then there's questions of civil liability. Does somebody get defrauded? Because fraud has a six-year statute of limitations from the date of discovery. So if you didn't know you've been defrauded, then you find out. Then you've got a, t- a clock that ticks, not back when it occurred. Um, so I'm just questioning what else is going to be in your reporting. But uh, that's that's for y'all, and, and I'll wait and see, I guess. Fair enough. Um, next question, Jeff Poor, you take it. What do you got? Uh, Nikki Haley, who who is this for? I mean, I... I I, I, I think this is legitimate. I think she could be a legitimate candidate. There is an establishment lane out there. Is it still out there? Who else, if not Nikki Haley in that lane, then who? I, you know, I look at it and I think, okay, Nikki Haley, I don't know that she's the top-tier candidate yet, but nobody thought Trump was either. But I, I, she got a great resume, certainly. She's been a governor. She's been you know, the U.N. secretary. She worked in the Trump administration. She left on good terms with Trump. But now she's running against him, so we'll see how long that lasts. But – Nikki Haley has got that South Carolina primary date that's been changed, which I think is going to favor her to some degree and give her a bump. We'll see. But um, who's it for? It's 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 for her, as far as I can tell. Dale? Well, I meant like let me just clarify who 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 is Nikki Haley's voter. That's a great question, Dale. You take it. Well, I would say uh, it's for Trump, uh, and I I'm I'm convinced there's a conspiracy afoot. Uh, that's what I believe. Oh, no. If you look at when DeSantis announced he was running, or not, excuse me, when it was suggested DeSantis uh, was running, Donald Trump was like, how dare you, you disloyal so-and-so. I can't believe Ron DeSanctimonious. Look at him. He might be a pedophile. You know, all sorts of stuff. And, and when Nikki Haley officially announces, even though she was part of his administration, he's like, you know, she said she wasn't going to run, but by golly, she should follow her heart. <laughs> I'm just, I, I think she is just, I think she's cannon fodder uh, for the DeSantis and Trump fight. I think she is a part of a intricate 4D chess conspiracy by the president, the former president of the United States. 4D chess. Wow. Well, that's, you know, I, I, I don't know if I can argue with that. And, and, I, and I look at it too and think, um, I don't think she's a top tier candidate right now. But you got to know she's got, I remember when she left the Trump administration, he gushed glowingly about her. And I guarantee you, as soon as he attacks her, they're just going to play that video. Well, this is what you said before. What changed? Um, so, uh, and the only thing he did hit her on today was, uh, well, one of the things is he hit her from the left on entitlement reform, uh, it, which was weird. Like, I mean, I get what we're doing here, but Trump basically bought into the 
Joe Biden attack on Republicans, which is you guys want to kill Social Security. That that's essentially what he said, and it's a, it's a it's a weird a weird thing to do in a world that nothing means anything. I guess it makes sense, but it just it seemed pretty odd of a take to. to it's your own question, Jeff. What are your thoughts on it? I, I think you give Trump too much credit, Dale. Uh, that this is a four D chess conspiracy. I. I I think she she is a, 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 a you know documented to be very ambitious, very 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 uh, uh, you know she she's, she wants to climb the ladder. I I I think she is in it for herself, as you said, uh, Senator. But I I, I want to say this. I I I think she's got a constituency. It, it may be fifteen sixteen percent because somebody's got to come out of that establishment lane. It's not going to be Chris Sununu. It's not going to be Larry Hogan. Uh, it, it might as well be her. She's as good as anybody, unless you think, unless somebody else comes along. Well, it's not going to be Mike DeWine now that the Ohio train uh, debacle is ongoing. But um, hey, let me uh, let me let me let me get a question in before we get to the break. Um, all right, so the Biden administration shooting down balloons left and right. It's it's like a just it's it's a shooting gallery out there with balloons. But at the same time, it's kind of serious. Not kind of. It's very serious. We've got actual fighter aircraft using live ammunition, shooting things down over the continental United States. Never happened before. And the president of the United States is not on the record. I mean, there's been no addressing the public. As a, as a leader, what, what are your thoughts? Should he speak or just keep sending his surrogates out to speak? Uh, what, what should he be doing in this particular case? Uh, I'll go Dale first. Uh, the Biden administration is single-handedly setting back affirmative action decades. Uh, because they have hired some of the dumbest people in, in some of these positions. And each one of them, you look at them and like, why did they get hired? Oh, he's gay. Uh, why did this person get hired? Oh, gay and black and woman. Oh, okay. And, and they, they're not shy about this stuff. This, they're making it clear. Crenshaw Pierre was ticking off boxes the other day. And look how incompetent they are. No, stop running people out there. Everyone just shut up. Say nothing, I guess, if you're the Biden administration. But I don't even know where Joe Biden is. I haven't seen him. Not in a long time. In days. Uh, days. This is this is a disaster. And uh, yeah, someone should probably say something uh, on the record that is of meaning. And it is really sad that that's not happening. Uh, Jeffro, your 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 thoughts? I, I think it's got to happen eventually. I, I don't know when or how. He keeps getting hit with these questions at these press gaggles. Out, you know, coming off of Air Force One or Camp David or wherever. I think at some point he'll they they got to do something. Because you can't just leave it up to Biden to say something off the cuff, but uh, it, it should have been forthcoming already. Absolutely, and I, I think this by virtue of his position, if you're going to launch fighter aircraft to shoot something, anything down, much less multiple times over the continental United States, uh, then then even if we don't agree with his thoughts, he needs to get out there and say, "Ladies and gentlemen, you know, citizens of the United States, uh, here's the deal. Here's what I, I did, and here's why we did it, and we'll do it again tomorrow if it happens then, and we're going to tell China to quit. If he, if he, at the very least, he needs to say why he chose to do it, whether we would agree with his, his, his sentiments or not. So uh, that's just called leadership. But it's, it's just classic, in my opinion, it's once again a classic example of the fact that Joe Biden has never led anything in his entire life. Uh, he's had that 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 love of the opportunity for rhetoric without responsibility. Go to the podium, make a speech, walk away, don't own it. Now he's in charge, and we can tell he's never done this before. So he's in charge of the Biden crime family. Well, there's that. Okay. <laughs> At the very least, the big guy is the one being referenced in the background, right? 
All right, fellas, that's uh, that's round one. We got to take a break. We'll do that right now. We'll come back for round two of the Grand Council with uh, Jeff Poor from FM Talk 106.5 and 1819 News and Dale Jackson at WVNN up yonder in Huntsville and writing for Yellowhammer, Bill Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. back phil williams right side radio covering all of north alabama solid conservative and just plain right saving the world one soundbite at a time going back now to the grand council with jeff poor from the jeff poor show at fm talk 106.5 down in mobile and also the executive editor for 1819 news and uh dale jackson from uh, 770 am 92.5 fm wvnn out of huntsville and writing for yellowhammer news dale jackson round two first question what you got uh, former potential Alabama Senate candidate Matt Gates uh, is now apparently been officially told he's not going to be charged by the DOJ for sex trafficking and all this other stuff. So the American media could say, hmm, it looks like we were all over this thing saying this guy was a sex trafficker for years. Looks like we got that wrong. Or they could say, ah, they had him dead to right, but he got away with it. That son of a gun. Why is the DOJ still being used as a weapon to beat people over the head with? Why, why are we still allowing this to happen? Because the Biden administration's in charge. Uh, simple answer. I mean, right, right. I mean, certainly we saw some weaponization even during the Trump administration. Obviously, look at the Steele dossier. Look at the Russia collusion. Right. You know, all of that. But, but even more so when you've got the guy at the top sort of encouraging it and egging it along. Um, uh, that's my initial off-the-cuff thought, Jeff. It's always been that way, hasn't it? I mean, it's always used in, uh, uh, you know, kind of scuzzy ways uh, to get people to behave in a certain way because the, the DOJ knows this. They, they have unlimited resources, and you don't. And they, could, they could crush you, and they could force you to, uh, uh, you know, do what you got to do to get out of that situation. It, it's, it's, it's perverse. It's obscene. But I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't think this is a new thing in American. Uh, Amer- you know, maybe in the last fifty years or so. But it's not new in my lifetime. Uh, your, just, own, your own question, Dale. What are you thinking? I, I just. I just. I hate it because it's like okay, so he's guilty until they charge him. Then he's guilty after they decide not to charge him. It's literally a no-win situation. So as long as you bring the charge, then that's just the way it is. And I. I, I just. I cannot believe. That our system's operating this way. It's pretty crazy. But I, I can remember seeing things happening in Montgomery and and then hearing, and of course it was secondhand, but I was hearing in, in one particular case, there was there were folks just begging for them to give an indictment. Just do us please give us an indictment. We can work with the indictment. That's what we need. We just need an indictment. It wasn't a matter of guilt. It wasn't a matter, it was a matter of political agenda. And and there was a there was an effort to just get an indictment on somebody. Didn't matter whether the crimes were real. Just please give us something we can put on the next ad campaign. And um, and that's not always the case. I get it. But, dang, it's just it's just wrong when it happens. Uh, next question, Jeff, what do you got? Uh, Clay Schofield, the latest to come out and say um, we probably need to rethink even tax rebates right now. Uh, he wants to put this money in a trust fund. What he told the uh, Sam Out reporter, one of our reporters last night, 
Uh, I, I, it seems like any tax relief to me right now is losing steam in the legislature. We didn't even start it. What, what, what do you guys think? Meanwhile, West Virginia is looking at comprehensive tax reform. Um, multiple other states have done meaningful things. Uh, and Alabama has a bigger surplus than most states could ever dream of having. Um, if they don't do something, then they're going to get ripped for it. And, and they, they, there, there are ways. By the way, there's actually a bill. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to find out more about it. But uh, Democrat minority leader in, or majority leader in, the, excuse me, minority leader in the House, uh, Anthony Daniels, apparently has a bill that would um, uh, reduce income tax burdens on overtime. And he says he doesn't want anything to make up the difference. He just thinks it's a good idea. And I thought, good Lord, the Democrats are proposing tax reform and the Republicans won't do it? Mm-hmm. Dale. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that completely. I, I, I thought this was kind of surprising that they were moving forward with this stuff in the first place because all the people who were kind of raising the question uh, about, well, we're looking at a rainy day down the road, but do we really want to do this or maybe we should wait until after that's over? I mean, if you wait, it's over anyway, right? Uh, if, if you don't do it now, it's never going to happen. Uh, it, it, I think it's, I think there's a likelihood that it doesn't happen, but I, I still, I'm leaning on, it's probably going to go down, but meaning it's going to happen. There's going to be some rebate. It'll be a pittance, but they will do something. Here's the thing. Has it been a rainy day for government? No, but it's a freaking rainy day for the individual citizen. And that's the problem is when you, when you look at rainy days only in terms of how it impacts governance, well, then you're never going to get tax relief. But when you recognize that there's no bigger rainy day than what we've been having in the last year and a half, two years, well, my God, help your citizens. That's what it's for. It's not for you to run government. It's there so you can help the citizens. And Jeff, your own question, uh, take it. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, uh, number one, I, I think the Anthony Daniels idea, not taxing overtime income taxes as a way to get labor participation up and get some, some, some jobs or some positions filled, I think it's a brilliant idea. Uh, number two, the other thing, uh, I, 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 the government – Obviously, need to go back and look at supply side economics. Know the Ronald Reagan. This is not indicative of a Republican supermajority. I, I get tired of these guys thinking that they exist to, su- to sustain government. And, and I, I can't. I mean, like a guy like Clay Schofield who came in in the Tea Party wave to be that way is. It's just they've lost their way. It looks like to me. Uh, we'll we'll follow up on it and find out. Hey, listen, uh, with about 45 seconds left, I got a quick question for you. So 1819 has a podcast that's been banned from YouTube. Is that a badge of honor, Jeff? I would say so, uh, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> Dale? Man, I've been trying to get banned from YouTube for a long time. Uh, I, I'm, I'm jealous. Yeah, maybe it is a badge of honor. <laughs> so are y'all truly banned like you, nobody can watch it right now, or what's the deal? Oh, you kidding? You, you, well, we can't log in and upload our, our content to it. What'd y'all do? I got to we got to take down notice or it was about um uh, something somebody said about I think it was a vaccine or something. Mm. <laughs> Go figure. Hey, I good for you. Good for you. All right, fellas, appreciate you as always. Grand Council, Jeff Poor, FM Talk 1065 and 1819 News and Dale Jackson, WVNN and Yellowhammer News and just little old me, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Hey, all you right-side ruffians out there, you are listening to Right Side Radio, solid conservative, just plain right. And we are back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid conservative and just plain right. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Listen, you got you to gotta know the Just Love Coffee Cafe. I had somebody again today texting in earlier in the show saying how they went to Just Love Coffee Cafe. One of our listeners uh, had lunch, loved it, and even had something left over they're going to take home for dinner. Um, Just Love Coffee Cafe has got an amazing menu. So is it coffee? Well, yes, it's Just Love Coffee Cafe, but they've got so much more. I mean, their food menu is really just, it's just, it's just amazing. You can have breakfast for dinner if you want to. You can, you can, you know, you can get waffles. You can have sandwiches, salads, wraps. They've got all, and all of it, by the way, is is not your normal, like fast food fare at all. So don't think you're going to get the biscuit in the drive-thru when you go. No, 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 no. Go get you a omelet. It's a big old honking omelet cooked in a waffle iron. It's light and fluffy. It's filled with all kinds of stuff. They got, like I said, sandwiches and wraps and salads and soups for lunch. They got all kinds of stuff. I'm just going to tell you, it's worth your time. And by the way, the environment is great. They make it a place that you want to hang out at. Take a friend, use the Wi-Fi, work from there a little bit if you want to. Sit and read a book, just enjoy the time. Just Love Coffee Cafe, two locations, one on Hughes Road out in Madison, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville. That's Just Love Coffee Cafe, Hughes Road in Madison, going out towards City Hall, the other on South Parkway in Huntsville, down yonder by Whole Foods. Check them out. And when you're checking out at the counter, Tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. Text lines blew up. I'm trying to think if I need to get in here and grab some of these texts. Um, uh, by the way, Jeff from Indiana, who did text in earlier, he texted me uh, a, a, like a picture of a refrigerator magnet. It says, you can't fix stupid, but you can numb it with a two-by-four. <laughs> and then he, when, I, when I laughed, he said, um, he said, there you go, Right Side-isms. Put Right Side logos and those Right Side-isms on a refrigerator magnet and sell them. He says, you're welcome. That's not a bad idea, though, Boom, really. No, it's not. I, I like that idea. I like that idea a lot. Um, Glenn from Bluntsville, with regards to the 1984 segment I was doing earlier, says, do you know Animal Farm in 1984 are no longer required reading in school? That is true. Uh, there's a lot of things that are not required reading in school, like civics and actual history. Um, Brad from Limestone County, he says, you ever notice a so-called pride flag only has six colors, not the seven colors of God's rainbow? I have never noticed that. Six colors, not seven. Six colors, six. It's almost as if the devil's trying to give us a wink and a nod as he trolls us. Interesting. Um, I'm going to jump over to number three of the Triple Dipper because I intend to talk about it here for a minute. Gun controllers, although the phone's ringing. Remember, is that going to be on the, on the air or are you going to talk to him for a minute? I'll, I'll hang on a second if you want me to. Um, yeah, I'll do that. Let me do that. Let me grab that phone. All right, before I jump into the next topic, I'll take line one. Alan, uh, Alan how you doing, man? I'm up right and breathing again. That's good. I'm uh, glad of it. <laughs> Did you not find it odd that after North Korea showed their, their, all their supposedly nuclear weapons and missiles, wasn't but just a few days later the balloons started showing up? Oh, yeah. Well, it, I, there's a it, lot of things it, that were odd about the timing. I mean, we also had just signed a deal with the Philippines to put more uh, U.S. military assets based closer to China, and then all of a sudden we saw balloons. Um, there's, there's that's, little, what, that's what I was saying. I just... All this kind of like a diversion that they're well, we're instead of blaming Korea or something, let's just let China take the heat. 
knowing that they would have, they would have more force in what was going on. We're, we're not hearing much about uh, classified documents anymore either, are we? No, 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 no. They, they, they get swept under the rug. Just, no, no, we can't talk about that. Well, like a lot of things, you get swept after a couple of days or a week, maybe. Well, the only thing about but, this with the balloons is is the story is not getting better for the Biden administration. It's not like it's helping them a whole lot. I mean, if I were seeing this as a story like Wag the Dog, like they had a great moment and, and they're, they're sort of basking in the glow, I'd be more concerned. Right now, I think this is just truly the next crisis that they're not handling well, and it's not going well for them. Well, that's to me. I, I just all this sooner or later, somebody eventually people are going to get smart enough to figure out is this bunch of liberals just they're crazy. They're what? just stupid stuff. <laughs> well, they they I mean, are you no backbone. You can't make this stuff up, can you? Um, no, you can't. You can't uh, dumb stupid. I mean, you can't help it. It's just, yeah, if you're you, dumb, you're dumb. You can't cure stupid, but like somebody said a minute ago, but you can you can numb it down with a two by four. Um, all right, yeah. Alan, appreciate the call, man. Alan, you have a good one. Uh, let me jump into the next next dipper here for a minute. This one won't take long, but it's important. Gun controllers. So we got a, we got a horrible horrible incident. You, you've seen it, I know. Michigan State University, Michigan State University in East Lansing. Three Michigan State University students dead, five others critically wounded. And and I did not realize until just getting ready for the show that apparently the shooter also took his own life. So technically that's four dead, five wounded. And and the guy was a 43-year-old. And, and here's the thing. Within moments, it seems, I say moments, I'm using that euphemistically, but like same day, President Biden, who's not said boo about these balloons, who cannot be found anywhere to reassure the general public that he's got it under control, or at least try to pretend that he does, that, that he comes out saying, and here's his statement, it's a family's worst nightmare. This is the East Lansing thing. It's a family's worst nightmare. It's happening far too often in this country. We have to do something to stop the gun violence that's ripping our communities apart. And then he went on to call for gun control measures. That's his, that's his take. His take is we need more gun control. Because, you know, the gun control we got ain't working. Well, let me just point out, the shooter in this case was a 43-year-old guy with gun control crimes on his record that had not been adjudicated correctly. He also, by the way, was not using a long gun magazine fed. No, 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 he was using a pistol. Mm, change that narrative. He also, by the way, was on the campus of Michigan State University, which is a gun-free zone. I've got a copy of their policies right here in front of me. Huh. So what I'm hearing is gun control laws were in place, and they did not stop the bad guy. Does anybody see the irony in this? The kind of sick, twisted irony? That gun control is being called for despite the fact that gun control already existed and it didn't work because liberals didn't even enforce their own gun control laws. And if you get down to it, criminals don't care what your gun control laws are. It's only the good guys that wind up having their guns controlled. Period. I've got a copy. Let me dig through my stack right here. Rattle the paper a little bit. Here it is. Trustees from Michigan State University. Section 18.0 of the Trustees Policies and Procedures 
firearms and weapons, except as permitted by state law regulating firearms, no person shall possess any firearm or weapon anywhere upon property governed by the Board of Trustees. Persons residing on property governed by the Board shall store any and all firearms and weapons with the Department of Police and Public Safety, meaning you can't even keep them in your house if you live on their property. you got to store them with the police. No person shall possess, and it goes on to talk about other things that are injurious. And the use of any firearm or weapon is prohibited upon property governed by the Board of Trustees except those areas specifically set aside and supervised as range facilities. As part of the education process, this ordinance shall not apply to police officers. This ordinance does not alter any terms of university policies that regulate the use or possession of firearms. It's been in place for many moons. It was last amended in 2009. And yet what we know now is that we have three kids that are dead because the bad guy could care less about your gun control laws. The bad guy, by the way, shouldn't have even had a firearm at all because Michigan state law had the opportunity to do something about it and didn't. Why do I say that? Because this guy in particular, he had a gun control weapons possession charge in 2019 to which he pleaded guilty. And the liberal prosecutor, in order to get him back out on the street quicker, downgraded it from felony to misdemeanor. So when it came time for him to purchase a firearm a few years later, it was not on his record as being a bar to purchase. Now, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not looking for gun control laws, me, pers- I'm, not. I'm not. I'm not advocating for them. What I'm saying here is the situation was horrible. And it was covered up with gun control laws. And they didn't work. And it's covered up in a liberal environment where, oh, by the way, you've got narratives like, oh, I don't know, it's always about the assault weapons. There's no assault weapon involved. It's, it's all about race. Well, he was a black guy. It's all about, uh, you know, following the law. Well, the law let everybody down because he shouldn't have had the ability to buy a firearm if they had just charged him correctly under their state law. And oh, by the way, it was in a gun-free zone. He could care less about your gun-free zone. So what I'm saying is this, very succinctly, gun controllers, they are not about trying to help society. They can wag that finger in your face and get on their rhetoric-filled stumps and call for things like, I don't know, an abridging of your constitutional rights. But the truth of the matter is, they don't care about the guns as much as they care about the controls. And who gets controlled? Not the bad guys. Well, Phil, these laws might prevent more shooting. You don't know that. What we do know is a shooting, right, in this case, occurred anyway. Because you had gun control laws that were largely ineffective, not enforceable, and meant nothing, and having a gun-free zone in your campus policy is a freaking virtue signal, and everybody knows it. And three kids are dead, five more are injured, and the shooter took his own life when the police finally tracked him down, despite the fact that in 2019 he pled to a weapons-related charge, and the liberal prosecutor decided to downgrade it to a misdemeanor. And here we are today. Remember, take me to a break. We'll do that. We'll come right back. We'll wrap that up. That's uh, number three of the Triple Dipper, gun controllers. It's an awful situation, and it shouldn't have happened. But like I said, bad guys, they could care less about your gun control laws. It's just the good guys who don't have a gun to take them out when the time comes that have the real issue. 
Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. Put that in your YouTube and smoke it. Back, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Time now, 4.51 p.m. Folks, I got to tell you, ZLA Solutions, I was talking to them again this morning. I'll probably see them again tomorrow. Um, these folks are not just friends of mine. They are solid business people doing what they do quite well. If you, if you, I mean, they can do any number of things to help you with your business. They can do things like, you know, your logistics, your warehousing, uh, help you with sorting and containment, quality control, whatever the case may be. But their bread and butter, man, it still exists in the realm of staffing. Doesn't matter whether it's temp or direct hire. Uh, blue collar, white collar, no collar, don't matter. They can they can help get the people and the jobs lined up. And just have been having like one of the most banner years they've ever had as a company. Um, and and I would just I'll just tell you if you need a job yourself, they've got them listed on their website. You can go check it out, zlausa.com. But if you're an employer looking to fill out the ranks of your workforce, and it could be like the onesies and twosies with select skills, or it can be a whole staff or like a shift of people, they can do it. Uh, they do it quite well. They do it for a lot of big-name employers all over Alabama. So, yes, check them out, ZLAUSA.com. I know they got a big push right now uh, for uh, high-tech, white-collar um, uh, jobs out at uh, Redstone Arsenal. So they've got them. They've got jobs, and they're looking to put people and jobs together. So check them out, ZLA Solutions at ZLAUSA.com. And, and do me a favor. Tell them you heard about it on Right Side Radio. Um, in fact, we had a cool story. Boomer, I was talking to him the other day. They said they had a truck driver pull in their parking lot and mm-hmm. looked up the sign and goes, is this that ZLA, ZLA Solutions I keep hearing about on the radio? And like, yes, it is. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, they, they heard on the radio, um, listen, I, I got to say this. If you want to advertise your business on Right Side Radio, just understand we're a separate business. We are a standalone organization. Uh, we're not owned by the radio stations that we're on. We're syndicated, which means it's all you know here, centralized in the right side studio. Boomer spends hours putting things together every day um, and then running the show. And if you want to advertise on the show, you got to contact us because we sell our own advertising. So absolutely, go to the website, www.rightsideradio.org, and there's an advertising and contact tab. And and just send us. I mean, we've got several new advertisers about to kick in, right, Boom? Oh yeah, there's there's quite a few that are just about to start. Like it's just like a whole new wave of uh, ads about to start. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just go to that contact tab and it'll send us right. Or, I mean, it'll email us right there, yeah. and then we'll get right back to you. And we'll we'll take care of it and we'll get you lined up with our sales staff. We'll we'll jump on it and uh, and like we've done with several others. Uh, and um, so yep, yeah, we're glad to have you on the right side team. Okay. So I just did this whole discussion there about gun controllers. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say this is about as Second Amendment friendly a show as you can find. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> did I tell you, have I told you what I got for Christmas? What was it? Did I didn't tell you this? It Was it a, oh, you did. You got a like a laser, right? Oh, yeah. So, so I saw this thing advertised and I, Charlene was like, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? I don't know. 
<laughs> I don't want any more dress shoes. I don't need more ties. I don't know. And then I saw this thing and I thought, I want that. So I don't know if I can name the brand because they're not actually an advertiser on the show, but it's way cool and it works. So I got this. <laughs> it's way cool and it it's works. It's way cool and it works. And maybe a, we should reach out to them to It's advertise. a laser dry fire targeting <laughs> system that you can use in your house. Wow. So I got it. I got and it actually. So I got 9 mil, 12 gauge, and 5.56, right? So like if I want to, I, I still want to do three gun competition one day mm-hmm. before I get so old that I can't pull the trigger. Um, but Three gun uses all three: shotgun, assault rifle, and pistol. And so I got it in nine mil, five five six, and twelve gauge. I haven't done the five five six and twelve gauge yet. I've been practicing my nine mil. But literally, what it does: you set up your target, and you download the app to your phone, and then it, it the app uses the camera on your phone, which is a little stand they give you, and the and you and you basically set the the phone where it it sees the target and you could see it beginning to triangulate like it's like you see the little little reticle moving around all of a sudden yeah. it locks in just locks in on that target at that point you have the in this case I've used my Glock 19 uh, you put your 9 mil shaped laser pointer in the chamber of your weapon and every time you fire it shoots a laser at the target and then your app on your phone goes it'll say like it'll go Bang, nine points. And it'll show you the red dot oh, where you hit the target. That is so cool. I need this. You have to recharge the weapon because there's no gas involved. So, you know, there's no right. gas blowback. So you recharge the weapon, fire again. Bang, 10 points. And it keeps your history. It does? Yeah. So you can do all kinds of things. You can you can time yourself so that you're shooting a certain amount of shots in a certain amount of time. You can do like it's a round of 20. You can do whatever. And then you can go back and check your progress, see how you've done. You know what they need to do is they need to hook it some way to uh, online where you can uh, do a competition with your friends. You can. Oh! You can sync with others and compete and see how you do. And then here's the thing. I got the one thing I haven't figured out yet. Does it allow for multi-gun? So if I want to do weapons transitions, like say I want to take two shots with the five five like with my AR, right? Take two shots with my AR, and then transition to my sidearm. Can I do both at the same? I think I can. I don't know why I couldn't. I don't know why you couldn't. So at that point, you're literally swapping weapons and trying to maintain accuracy at the same time. You know what? We're probably going to have to bring that in here, and I'm going to have to get one. And during the breaks, we're going to have to practice. <laughs> during the breaks, nothing. How about with a hot mic? Hot micing it up, and we're we're taking target and practice. The, and then the winner gets to eat donuts. <laughs> I like this idea. Oh, my gosh. And anybody that's watching the live feed can just join right in. <laughs> so I'm saying they do make toys for adults that are worth having. I like um, it. And by the way, you can be you can be up to 100 feet away from that thing. Really? Yeah. Darn right. If you got 100 feet of space in your house to do it in. But, yeah, you can just, just set that sucker up, back up your pace, and see whether or not you can still hit that target. Wow. Just saying. That's awesome. Too cool. Second Amendment friendly. Live free or die. That's what I'm saying. All right, folks. Listen, it's been an amazing kind of day. We're going to be back here tomorrow. I do know for a fact that tomorrow is another one of my favorite segments, Boomer and McQueen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With his better three quarters here in studio with us. So we'll have that tomorrow. Uh, Working on right now some major interviews that we're hoping to get uh, done sometime soon. I am seeing, by the way, there's somebody just texted in and, uh, and said um, we have a Blackhawk down in um, Harvest, Alabama, not far from Alabama Highway 53. That's, that's brand news, news to me. We will double-check that and see what's going on. 
Um, but, yeah, Andrew from Tony just said, uh, you guys tracking the helicopter crash north of Huntsville? Happened around 3 p.m. Confirmed military, no survivors. And then uh, we got another one without a name that says the same thing, Black Hawk Down in Harvest. It's a scary thought. God bless them. All right, folks, Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be back here tomorrow, too. We'll see you then. ruffians out there you are listening to right side radio solid conservative just plain right